Hello, and welcome to episode six of Tech Swamp. Of course, we have our hosts and your friendly neighborhood membership team here today. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Doing well, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Caitlin, what's up? You know, just membership chilling. Membership chilling. And this is Alex. Today, we're featuring our member and fellow podcaster of the Your App Lady podcast, Betsy Furler, to talk with us about all things accessibility. Joel Thayer, who you all know from previous episodes and the often talked about finally featured Chelsea Thomas, will join our discussion as well. But first, we're going to quickly talk tech history and run through some DC headlines. June 29th. 2007, first generation iPhone goes on sale. It was introduced six months prior and cost $600. People stood outside Apple's Soho flagship store and across the U.S. for days to get the new device. And at the Apple store in San Francisco, one man, who was first in line, claims that he was offered $1,200 just for his spot in line, which is cray. Um, and in just 74 days, one million iPhones were sold. And thanks to the iPhone, um, you can sort of thank the iPhone for the app economy. Thanks to the iPhone, you can thank the iPhone for the app economy. Yeah, that's all for tech history. That sounds means it's time for what's brewing in DC. Caitlin, what are some of the top tech headlines? So last week, the House passed the Agriculture and Nutrition Act of 2018, otherwise known as the Farm Bill. And if you're listening and wondering, what does the Farm Bill have to do with tech headlines? I hear you. That's a valid question. I was wondering that. We all were. Yeah. Well, included in the Farm Bill is an authorization for more than $500 million a year for USDA broadband infrastructure loans to expand broadband out in rural areas. These newly allocated funds are in addition to the $600 million that was included in the spending bill passed earlier this year. All this funding is helping provide ag producers with the infrastructure and tools that they need to farm in the 21st century. This is a great first step, but there is so much more to do. Yeah, you're right, Caitlin. There's much more to do, which is why we connected our member company, Quantified Ag, with FCC Commissioner Brennan Carr, who paid the company a visit in Lincoln, Nebraska last month. The good folks at Quantified AG got to show Commissioner Carr the ropes on how their tech is used to improve the health of livestock. Commissioner Carr then proceeded to give Quantified AG a shout-out in a speech last week about the need for expanding broadband access. Yeehaw! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, this past month, the Encrypt Act was reintroduced in the House by a bipartisan group of members, including Congressman Ted Lieu, Mike Bishop, Susan Delbene, and Jim Jordan. The Encrypt Act, short for Ensuring National Constitutional Rights for Your Private Telecommunications Act. That is a mouthful. (laughs) Indeed. Would prevent states from implementing the anti-encryption laws in conflict with federal encryption policies. That is right. Uh, The bill would also help establish national protections on the interstate use of encrypted technology and protect the data that helps drive our local economies and our app economy. This legislation is an important step to ensure that all Americans can use encrypted technologies to protect themselves and their data, regardless of where they live. You can read more about the Encrypt Act in our show notes. In a victory for privacy this past week, the Supreme Court ruled 5-4 in the Carpenter v. United States case, ruling in the favor of Timothy Carpenter. Long story short, Carpenter was connected to a series of robberies, and the FBI used a court order and obtained 127 days' worth with cell phone location data, including some 12,898 location points. The Supreme Supreme Court ruled that the third-party doctrine did not apply in this case, and now the government must get a warrant to track a person's cell site location information. 
Off the Hill, but in Connected Health News, uh, Amazon just announced the CEO of their healthcare joint venture with Berkshire and J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, Dr. Atul Gawande is a surgeon, professor, uh, all at Harvard, both at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and Harvard Medical School, as well as a staff writer for The New Yorker magazine, and he's also a New York Times bestselling author. So obviously, um, well-suited to be a CEO. I think he meets like the, at least the minimum Threshold. qualifications <laughs> Agreed. for that. <laughs> and one more tidbit, since we're talking accessibility this episode, we wanted to give a shout out to Apple, who recently introduced the live listen function for their AirPods. Now, this tech allows AirPods to function in a similar way as hearing aids by using the iPhone as a directional microphone to pick up audio and transmit it to the AirPods. Users can tune their settings from a busy restaurant to a city street to the great outdoors. It's pretty cool. Today, we're talking all things accessibility. We're joined by our member and accessibility expert, Betsy Furler. Hey, Betsy. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We are also joined by Axe Executive Director, Chelsea Thomas, and our Policy Counsel, Joel Thayer. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hi, Mom and Dad. Chilling in DC. Love it. <laughs> How's it going? We just word to Chelsea's mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we jump in, Betsy, word on the street is that you also have a podcast. I have a podcast called Your App Lady, and I am obsessed with technology and the good that it can do for all people. So my podcast is all about making tech understandable and accessible in very small chunks, both for people who love technology and just want to learn a little bit more, and also for those people who may have a phone or an iPad or a tablet, but they're not real comfortable with using it and they're not using it to its full potential. Yeah, I feel like my mom is prime audience for your podcast. Yes, my I kind of I kind of picture a woman between the ages of 40 and 60 when I am doing my podcast. Yeah. People that's those awesome. people who who would love to be able to do all the cool things with technology and they've got all the devices but they just don't quite know what to do with them. And how often does your podcast come out? When are your new episodes? Well, during the school year, I release on Wednesdays and Fridays, but during the summer, instead of taking an extended vacation, which is what I at first thought I might do, I decided to release just on Fridays. So for July and August, I will be releasing just on Fridays, and then in September, I'll be back to my Wednesday-Friday schedule. And we will be joining you on an upcoming episode of your podcast you have so graciously allowed us to join you yes very soon i will have the tech swampers on your app lady i would like to officially like become tech swampers is that a thing that we can do <laughs> yes i am very pro this name we could high get swamp coins. people <laughs> yep, yes you can and you t-shirts t-shirts yes. with tech swampers Yep, done. All the swag. Um, so, Betsy, I want to hop into this discussion on accessibility. Um, you are the accessibility expert here. I want you to kick us off. To you, what is accessibility? To me, accessibility is making sure that products, digital products, pro you know, everyday products are easily used by everyone in the community. So that means people with disabilities, people without disabilities, people who may have a temporary disability, 
And I believe we all have disabilities at some time during our life, our week, or even our day that cause us to not be able to use the things in our environment as well as we should be able to use them. So accessibility is kind of often thought to just be for hearing and vision disorders, but I believe accessibility is really for everyone. And by making a product that's very accessible, you are actually growing your user base and making your product more usable for everybody who's using it. Absolutely. Inclusivity is um, is something that's very important, obviously. So what uh, it, that's happening in the accessibility community right now, um, what is something that is exciting you, something that is frustrating you? Um, what is something that you know our members who are developing this tech um, should know uh, when it comes to accessibility? Well, I do think one very exciting thing to me is the fact that cognitive accessibility is becoming kind of a thing and people are starting to realize that there is more to accessibility than vision and hearing. Microsoft has really been a been really pushing this movement to look at cognitive accessibility, how people's brains work and how people's brains work with the products that they're putting out. So um, cognitive accessibility is given a nod in the new WCAG 2.0. Um, that, that version of WCAG um, which is the accessibility guidelines has just come out and has given a nod to cognitive accessibility. Being a cognitive accessibility expert myself, I really would like for cognitive accessibility to be more focused on in the future. So I'm a little frustrated by that, but I do think we're moving in the right direction finally. And also kind of looking at um, the fact that accessibility does reach all people and everyone who develops an app, a software, or a website should be looking at accessibility features and how they can really make their product good for everybody of all abilities. Yeah, Betsy, that's a great point when you talk about how accessibility can really be for everyone and it can even make everyday mundane tasks easier. So Joel, you recently attended E3 not too long ago. Um, can you talk a little bit about E3 and maybe some accessibility features that can be used for fun things like video games? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess the best way to start is to define what E3 is. E3 is, uh, well, spelled out, it's the Electronic Entertainment Expo, hence the E3. And it is a giant expo for gamers. And uh, it, essentially it uh, allows vendors to showcase all of their great products, like the newest games that are uh forthcoming and uh, also it this year there was a uh, strong theme in dis disability and a lot of discussions around how do we get certain folks uh, who may have a certain uh, certain disability how do we get them onto the gaming platforms and I had uh, the privilege of going to one of these panels uh, panel discussions and it was interesting the discussions that uh, gamers are having, or gaming uh, those in the gaming community are having with those with disabilities, and the the theme is almost exactly what uh, Betsy was discussing earlier, and that is having these manufacturers and software developers uh, engage with people with disabilities and not limiting or assuming uh, certain disabilities. So instead of just having uh, certain product assumptions by assuming that certain people are blind, so we have to accommodate this, or certain people have uh, this type of physical disability, instead the questions are more oriented 
towards how do we best engage with the uh, disability community, with uh, the community who ha uh, who have folks who are disabled or uh, who and also want a game and molding their products to fit more diverse disabilities instead of just dealing with folk or help assisting folks who have uh, who are blind or um, have speech impediments or uh, or essentially have all sort of the traditional uh, dis uh, disability I guess for lack of a better term controllers and devices so inclusivity was definitely a theme and it was great to see that and a uh, big shout out to uh, Microsoft for uh, displaying their new Xbox controller and their Xbox controller uh, I believe it's the what it's called is the Xbox adaptive controller and what it does is it opens up the range of folks who can use it uh, can can use this uh, pr uh, particular controller uh, in that we have a uh, controller that can better accommodate not just one type of disability but several for instance for those who can't use their hands uh, or, or have uh, have certain issues with grabbing uh, the controller this controller can actually sit on your lap and it's it's it's, I mean, th that kind of function is great for folks who uh, may be suffering from ALS or some other form of uh, dis dis uh, some other disability that uh, makes you unable to use and grasp things. So it was great to see the gaming community really stepping up. And big shout out to ESA for putting on such a great event. That's who actually hosts E3. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, good news all around, really. So what you're saying, Joel, is that any person can now be addicted to Fortnite, not just the oh, teenagers God. or those who can get on the games. I'm not saying that, but sure. <laughs> so the other thing that that does is, for instance, if there's um, somebody who is gaming and breaks their arm and or, you know, lim has limited use of one of their hands, then they're able to use the controller with just one hand. Um, also, like if you're holding a baby you're suddenly limited to just want using one arm and one hand. So there are lots of other um, issues, yeah. No, I, I, I distinctly remember when I broke my thumb playing football as a kid, that didn't stop me from playing Madden on PlayStation with my broken thumb, but it would have been really helpful to have an adaptive controller. So. It probably would have healed faster. Yeah, no, yeah. probably, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, you know, it bleeds over into everybody, not just people who may, you know, have a permanent disability that helps that is also extremely helpful and you know the recreational um, access is amazing and and, th and that's right and even uh, on that panel uh, just taking off that there there's also software applications that some of the uh, manufacturers are thinking about too and the idea now is no longer to think about dis disability access as an afterthought but something that has to be the undertone for every single game. And hearing things like that is, uh, especially at ACT with all of our uh, advocacy on disability access, that is just great to see the uh, companies like, or the gaming industry as a whole really stepping up. So it's well, excellent. And the statistics I've heard is that to add accessibility and think about accessibility at the beginning of developing a product costs about 1% additional to what maybe the cost would have been prior, but having to retrofit accessibility features in costs about 10% of the cost of the entire project. So it's a huge, 
huge savings to do it up front. Not only are you saving money and getting these features in that you really need in your product, you're also opening up your product to more users. Absolutely. So accessibility by design makes good business sense. Yes. I think too, Chelsea, this is a great segue. You are in fact our executive director here at ACT and you kind of know better than anyone all of the work that we do sort of related to accessibility. Um, So we had a panel at South by Southwest and it actually, Betsy was our moderator, which was really great. Um, And we also had a presence at the M Enabling Summit. Can you kind of talk about the work we do at ACT and, and both of those events and sort of the work that we do generally that deals in accessibility? Absolutely. Um, I would say our members are committed to providing all users, including those with disabilities, with an equivalent software experience, um, which is really important. We seek to assist developers to adequately incorporate the needs of disabled end users and ensure that accessibility is considered throughout the app development process. As I mentioned earlier, that's commonly known as accessibility by design. We educate developers on how to create accessible technology and to assist this community and um, help to promote the industry's commitment to accessibility. And of course, last but not least, we aim to facilitate partnerships between small business innovators and developers and larger companies. And I think, I think this is like two years ago at an Apple event. Um, they had a keynote speaker who basically said, you know, Apple creates these amazing devices that have sort of given us an entry into places that we couldn't be a part of before, but like the apps on them, like these software and and sort of new and innovative nimble things that work on these devices, those are the things that have sort of opened up the world for us in a new way. Um, and so I think, you know, from a membership perspective, it's always been really important to to my team and, and to Chelsea and ACT generally to make sure that we really are facilitating those connections because it's sort of having the devices and the things plus the software that sort of creates these new and exciting opportunities. Yeah, that's the secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I just revealed all of the secret sauce. <laughs> Sorry. It's a complicated recipe. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about our South by Southwest panel, especially because we have Betsy on the podcast. And she was our moderator for Innovations in Accessibility. And while I was there, I did not get to stay for the whole thing uh, because my 18 month old started meowing. So I had to take my cat child out into the hall. (laughs) Um, And Betsy uh, can give us a better overview of what was discussed. So we had a great panel. We had a fantastic audience and amazing participation. In fact, somebody said that we our panel had the most interaction afterwards than like any of the other panels. We literally got kicked out of the room because the next panel had to start. Then we got kicked out of the hallway because we were causing like a fire you know, we were breaking the fire code or whatever because we had so many people who wanted to ask questions. So, um, yes, it was great. So we had Sarah Harlinger from Apple Accessibility. We had um, Haben Gurma, who is a deafblind attorney. She is amazing. And then we had Richard Ellenson from the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. And I was lucky enough to be the moderator on that panel. And I think the big takeaways from that panel were that we were all very committed to 
opening up this idea of accessibility rather than just staying with what I consider like the traditional accessibility, which is hearing and vision, but opening it up into including all people and including all sorts of abilities as well as disabilities. Um, Apple is obviously a leader in this area and it was definitely, um, that definitely shown through. They have done so much with their products over the years for accessibility and they are fully committed to it. Um, and Hobbin and Richard are doing great jobs advocating for the population of people with disabilities and um, you know making this movement towards, like I like to say, making accessibility cool and the new it thing. If you had been in the hall after the panel, you would definitely agree that it is the cool thing because it was it was inspiring to see all of these people excited about doing accessibility by by design. It was. Um, we also do a lot of work through the M Enabling Summit, which is in Washington DC and promotes accessible and assistive technology for senior citizens and users of all abilities. Brian Scarpelli, our senior global policy council attended and spoke on two different panels. The first was talking about AI and it was focused on how much of the AI revolution is helping seniors and persons with disabilities uh, with real world success stories about how AI enabled interfaces um, can further promote support of independent living, um, including in areas like human connection, um, where emerging solutions around automatic sign language, real-time translation and caption, and text recognition for those with visual impairments can help improve human connection, as well as modernizing life. I think that if you look at a lot of the AI, um, including Microsoft's incredible Seeing AI, um, it's capable of seeing and hearing and reasoning with incredible accuracy. And by making software and devices smarter and keeping them affordable, people can gain independence to perform daily tasks and personalized tools for their unique needs. We also talked a lot at the M Enabling Summit about big data and connected health, um, which is focused around innovative innovation for better services in support of aging in place while lowering costs of health care. Um, and we have a number of members who are developing software programs that facilitate seamless data flows um, between a patient and their caregiver. And that is a big piece of what we're doing through our Connected Health Initiative as well. Um, a few examples of great apps, because we are the App Association, uh, for accessibility that use big data analytics today include Avaz, which is an app that has been developed for children who are nonverbal or have difficulty speaking, and it helps facilitate communication in children with autism spectrum disorders, Down syndrome, and cerebral palsy. In addition, TapTapC helps people who are blind or have low vision identify everyday objects. A user simply double taps on the screen to take a photo of an object and the app will identify the object out loud. Um, and Betsy, I, um, I know that you use some of these technologies in your sort of professional life. Are there any sort of stories you can share? Sure. So. Um, many of the, I should say, I also in a speech therapy company. So my background is um, being a speech pathologist. 
and many of the children and adults I've worked with over the years have um, are nonverbal and they're using apps like Avaz or Proloquo2Go literally for their voice. Otherwise, they would have no ability to communicate with anyone. Um, also, both TapTapC and then the Microsoft app. It's a new app called Scene AI. These apps are tremendous help to people who have low vision or who are blind because they can literally, you literally just open up your phone and point it at whatever you want to quote unquote see and it'll say things like I was trying it out playing with it the other day in my living room and it said a teenage boy laying on the couch. I was like, yes, <laughs> that is what happens at my house. <laughs> it will identify currency for people who cannot see if they have a $1 bill or a $20 bill. I mean, obviously, that is huge. Um, they Seeing AI can even identify handwritten notes. So it doesn't have to be a typed note. It can be actually handwriting, and it will read that to you. So I, I don't know if it could it could do my handwriting though. It's it's pretty pretty bad. It's like worse worse than a twelve year old boy, a teenage boy laying on the couch. <laughs> I, um, I've been lucky enough to actually be in some meetings on the hill with Betsy, hearing her sort of tell some of these stories to congressional staff, which is hugely important, right? Because they need to understand the story part of why the technology matters and is helpful. And anyway, I would just like to point out that I have watched congressmen and staffers get emotional um, hearing some of these stories around technology and these apps and the work that Betsy does with a lot of her patients allow like kids to say I love you to their parents for the first time. It's very emotional and amazing and I think just speaks to the power of accessibility. Yes, it's literally life-changing, life-saving for people with disabilities to have access to technology. Absolutely. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I think, um, you know, this is a topic that we really care about here at ACT and also a lot of our members care about. And frankly, it's just important and good for the world. So thank you so much for talking more about it. I'm sure we will talk about it again soon. Okay, sounds great. I will talk to you all soon. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye. random identifier nick start us off <laughs> oh great here's a topic that i am pretty passionate about that's uh, like the, uh, that's an understatement though. E- each and every year so <laughs> as you know uh the fourth of july is coming up uh, and it's a great holiday for you know all americans to celebrate our independence yada 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 the did real yada 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 the fourth of july i did because <laughs> let me get to my point here i don't want to take too long because i could take a long time here <laughs> The 4th of July is not Independence Day. And I know what, you know, our national holiday is. I know what Congress has said. I know the proclamations. Uh, I, don't, I don't buy it. It's just not the truth. If you, if you really know American history, Independence Day is July 2nd. And I'll give you the quick version of events why. I know. I, Caitlin's telling me I'm screaming right now. I'm just I'm overly, overly excited about it. So July 2nd is the day in which the Continent, Second Continental Congress passed the resolution, the Richard Henry, Henry Lee of Virginia resolution, saying that they are independent states. What happened on the 4th of July is they approved the language of the Declaration of Independence. Nothing was signed on the 4th of July. It wasn't even signed until August 2nd. So July 4th was the public announcement because they thought they needed... <laughs> 
So, all right, I'll take that as a sign that you hate America, Joel. Uh, so, just know that July 2nd coming up is truly Independence Day. I'll have Caitlin put in the show notes the all the history so I know all of you really care as much as I do and, and you can read. Nick, your authority here is that you are a reformed social studies teacher, Reform- which I feel like we've talked about before. Well, you yeah. don't you don't oh, teach uh, social yes. studies yes. anymore. Yes, so I, I have a license to teach social studies grade 7 you through 12. You still have a license? I still have a license. Are they lifetime? Oh, wow. No, it's for five years, so I still have a few years to go. Watch uh, out, kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I will come to your classroom and I will tell you what it's I will ruin is. holidays for you. <laughs> so he will mold your mind whether you like it or not. So, well, I guess the, the positive thing here is that since the 4th is a holiday anyway, you could just celebrate Independence Day twice. Celebrate on the 2nd and 4th. I mean, I guess that's cool. I think another thing that we should celebrate, though, Joel, for 4th of July, you are, in fact, heading back to California. Is that true? Yeah, heading to my, my home state. And uh, you have maybe a random identifier that is related to said home, sto- home state. Yeah, because I think there's been a common misconception that In-N-Out is, like, the purveyor of all of our fast food, but there really is only one true purveyor of fast food, and that I is... Agree. Del Taco. Del Taco is the bomb. And if you don't know what Del Taco is, is it better than Taco Bell? Well, no. no. I say charter a yes. flight. Because here's 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 why I'll tell you this: we get like seventy thousand dollars really. Quick. Yeah. No, this is big for me to say because like I love Taco Bell. But like here's the thing about Del Taco: you want a taco? Great, you can have a taco. You want a burger? You can get That's a cool. You can get a burger too. You want fries with that burger and that taco? This you is like cookout. You want to throw some chili cheese on that fry? You get get that chili cheese. Can you get tots? No. Uh, oh, but can well, you get tots but, at Taco Bell? You can get it but you at Taco an, John's in Montana. Okay, oh, well. <laughs> another option has been Whoa. introduced. <laughs> well, this is about California. You split out Montana. <laughs> but, no, I am thrilled that I will have that tasty goodness that can only be delivered in California by Del Taco. And I will definitely have a footnote for I will try the Montana version of our Del Taco, <laughs> which is what again? Tater tots. You have to get be able no. to get. Tater no, not tots. I know. I know what tater tots are. Ta- what the place that serves the tater tots? Taco John's. Taco, taco John's. John's. That's a good taco place, <laughs> Chelsea. Yes. Um, I feel like I just need to start off by saying that you have been excited to come on the podcast, not necessarily because you want to hang out with us, tech swampers, but because that of too. random identifier. Yeah, it's okay. You can be honest. I mean, it's both. (laughs) I'm really excited about Random Identifier because it provides me with a platform to reach a broader audience about an issue that I care deeply about. And that is (laughs) iZombie. Guys, it's so good. It has all of it. So so let's start from the beginning. Okay. Arguably one of the best theme songs out there today. Arguably. I I don't... I mean... I think that part of the reason why I love iZombie is the theme song, but it's the same uh-huh. reason that I loved Veronica Mars's theme song. Right. Same sort of vibe. Which also, I would say iZombie sort of carries on in the spirit and tradition of Veronica Mars. A little bit snarky, but like in the best way. Yeah, and it has like a strong female lead. Which is awesome. Um, who happens to be a zombie. Yeah. Just so it happens. has interesting cooking elements mm-hmm. because she has to prepare the brains in delectable ways. Mm-hmm. Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. He shows both, up. Both the singer and the showrunner. Yeah. And meta. so meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, guys. I just, I want everyone oh, to and enjoy crime. it. It's about solving yes, crime. Yes, and it's about solving crime, which I love a good crime show. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it has all the things, guys. Humor. Humor. <laughs> yes. Brain. Brain. Hey. Oh. <laughs> So, iZombie's looking to sponsor a particular podcast. <laughs> it would be ours. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. And uh, I think something important to note is that Chelsea loves the show oh so much that she has lobbied everyone at ACT um, to watch it. Um, can we just get a show of hands? I'll tell you guys who raised their hands. The answer is only me. I'm the lucky only one. No, Nick, it we doesn't count. We didn't even get to raise our hands. Yeah, but I know you that you guys didn't ask the question. And here's the thing. <clears throat> Giannis, it's Except not an abuse of her power because it's so good that like it was like giving me a gift without having to spend any money. Yes. Yeah. Except so that um, five dollars or eight dollars for the Netflix account to actually watch it, but yeah, but I had that before I ever knew Chelsea. That's, so that's really, awesome. what she so was awesome. doing was just and also it's on it's on uh, it's not on cable, so I don't even have to pay to watch it if I were to be a person. That's right, it's who, on the CW. Yeah, so like in theory, Boom. my bunny ears, which I do in fact have, um, could pick it up maybe right. In I think so. Yeah. I think Speaking of, of bunny ears, Ariana Grande. Right. <laughs> oh! Yes. So I um, obviously am obsessed with all things pop culture and just like garbage celebrity news. Um, this is happy garbage celebrity news because Ariana Grande is engaged to Pete Davidson. Um, just like a month and a half ago, she was dating Mac Miller and it was like a long term situation. And now she and Pete are engaged, which, like, I'm not going to comment on any kind of, like, crossover or anything like that. But (laughs) what I am going to do is be very excited about this engagement because I love Pete Davidson and I love SNL and I love that he, like, has really large teeth. And just everything about him I love. Um, what about Ariana Grande? I, she has a very high ponytail. She has a very yes. high ponytail. She Plus, they got tattoos hands. for each other. And, like, yes. in some ways, tattoos are more permanent than, like, their engagement. Yes. No, or even their marriage. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm rooting for them, but I also, like, I don't see this going very far. But I want it to, but, like, logically... I just don't there's, see how this There's can something go. to watch sort of unfold, which is very exciting. Yeah. And so, you know. Um, or fold. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Pete and Ariana, I know that you guys are probably listening because um, you definitely are. Um, Pete, if you guys end up, you know, breaking up, I'm here for you and I'm single. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us for Random Identifier. This has been a, just a delight and a treasure. Thank you. Yes. Tech Swampers. It's been a joy. And speaking of thank yous, Nick, you have an announcement to make for all of our Tech Swamp listeners. Unfortunately, this is going to be my last episode of Tech Swamp. Uh, I have accepted a new job uh, at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. But you'll always be a Tech Swamper at heart. That's true. I'll always be a Tech Swamper at heart. Uh, Definitely going to miss this show. Thank you to my... uh, fellow Tech Swampers, Caitlin and Alex, for making this uh, a very fun experience. And who knows, maybe if it works out, maybe I can be a guest. A guest one day. A guest on the Plus, Tech Swamp Plus, fun fact, day. Nick has never actually listened to Tech Swamp, so now he will become a listener, or else <laughs> we will never speak to him again. I, I, I didn't like hearing the sound of my own voice on, 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 on the episode. So yes, I'll be a very avid listener of Tech Swamp moving forward. Well, Nick, thank you for all of your hard co-hosting duties, and um, we will look to you one day to be some sort of like expert member. So, fantastic. Get ready. Looking forward to it.
Alright guys, that's it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff and like, music videos like and Independence history, Day. A lot of things. <laughs> and we'd like to give a shout out to Brad Goodall who composed our awesome swampy music. Thank you, Brad. Shout out. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And of course, we'd love a rate and review. And that's all for today, folks. Everyone say bye. Bye. bye.